Hi, everybody. So we are here to kind of finish off this section of uh, our Anne of Green Gables series, or at least to do another entry. And we are going to be talking about the new Netflix series, uh, the, uh, Anne with an E is what it was called here. And <laughs> we were going to review every episode, but <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen after we saw it. But we wanted to at least talk about it. And uh, so uh, Amber's here with me. And, hey everyone! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to try to kind of not only explain why we didn't care for it, uh, but go into each episode a little bit and maybe talk about a few things we liked, uh, but uh, why this particular vision of the story didn't work for both of us. And so, hopefully, that will be that will be helpful. I've already posted my review on my blog. Uh, that I will post a link to in the description and you can check out and read that and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, so Amber, uh, let's get just a a little sort of summary of sort of, of your overall thoughts on the series. (laughs) Um, I, I actually started really high on it. So um, opening shots, I was like, I don't understand what's happening, but maybe it's, like, a dream sequence or whatever. Fine, I accept that. Like, okay, someone's riding a horse on water. Very Mm -hmm. epic, I guess. Fine. And then we see Anne for the first time. I mean, I like, I love the Miss Rachel Lind. So I was like, oh, my gosh, they got Rachel Lind right, where she's, like, concerned and nosy. But, like, it's coming from a place of goodness, not from a place of being, like, spiteful. So I was like, oh, good. They're getting Mrs. Rachel Lind right, which hardly anyone ever does. I was excited. Um, and then they show us Anne, and I was like, oh, my gosh, her too small wincy dress is perfect. And, like, I started to cry because I was like, they got her dress right. They got Mrs. Rachel Lind right. Like, what if this is actually going to be really amazing? I was so excited. Like, my friend was watching me, and she was watching me watch it. Uh-huh. And she was she was just laughing because I was like, her dress is too small. It's too high. Anyway. So did your um, friend watch the whole thing with you or just the one episode? She bailed after oh. <laughs> a while. I was going to ask, what did she think? Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, but, so I started super high and I was, I was thinking to myself, maybe this will be like super true to the books. And then it just went downhill from there, and there just started to be things where I was, I didn't understand, I was flummoxed, and I just, I felt like I wasn't even watching anything based on Anne anymore, and they were just using, like, characters' names. It felt very much like fan fiction, but, like, not even good fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It did. And I was actually the first episode. I was still like, I don't know, I would say I was like halfway there. Like I had completely bailed. Um, (laughs) I, I, I was very uneasy about the ending of that episode, but there were still enough things that I liked that I was like, okay, you know, it's just the beginning, whatever. And (laughs) uh, yeah, but pretty much by episode three, I was I would have stopped if we hadn't been doing the the podcast. Yes, for sure. I would have stopped. I mean, honestly, when we got to episode two and there was the entire thing about 
the whole thing, the whole thing of episode two, yeah. where Matthew, <laughs> where they send her away, first of all, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And then Matthew goes and then he gets trampled by a horse and hits a carriage. And I have expected him to have amnesia when he woke up. And then he, and almost gets kidnapped. And then they're like, it's, it was so ridiculous. It was over, overly ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's if, the thing. I, I would have I- quit. I would have quit. At episode two. Episode, episode two. The thing is, I kept asking myself, like, am I not liking this just because it is, it isn't Anna Green Gables? Is it good on its own as its own thing? Like, for instance, last year, I really loved Pete's Dragon, but mm-hmm. it had almost nothing to do with the original Pete's yeah. Dragon. But mm-hmm. I was able to be like, okay, that's the name pete's dragon and i was sort of able to be like okay i'm just going to put that name aside and just kind of pretend like it's pete and his dragon or something like that or a boy and his dragon and so i was able to appreciate it as kind of its own thing and not worry like it is nothing to do with the original so i don't know so i was kept trying to do that but i honestly think it is bad period (laughs) like i I just don't think that it is well structured or well written as far as uh, as far as developing characters that you care about, and also uh, creating creating enough sort of you need a break, especially when you're dealing with children. When you're dealing, yeah. you know, it's one thing if you're dealing like I I'm just watching Big Little uh, Big Little Lies on HBO today, and like that's like adults. You know, so when it, like, hard things are happening to adults, it's one thing, you know? But even that show has, like, moments of levity. <laughs> yeah, I and, mean, so, like, for instance, Breaking Bad. Obviously, she yeah. did Breaking Bad. And I had, I've just, I started rewatching Breaking Bad to be like, let's see. <laughs> even the people in Breaking Bad, their lives are better than the people they've crafted for and within Evie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it, it's not good writing when especially for a miniseries it'd be one thing i guess maybe for a movie if you wanted this super dark like whatever movie but even then i mean but but for a miniseries it just became so melodramatic so just unrelentingly joyless that's that's the word that i kept thinking of this is joyless and if anything anna green gables should should not be joyless and so anyway let's um Let's talk about each of the episodes a little bit. Okay. Kind of go through let's, it. And, let's do it. So, so the first one is called Your Will Shall Decide Your Destiny. And this, I think the reason why it is the best is it is directed by Nikki Caro, who is actually a pretty good director. Mm-hmm. She is a, the one who made a movie last year called uh, The Queen of Cotway, which I loved. And that was a hidden gem that not enough people saw last year and i think that there are are a few moments of warmth and a few moments of of brightness but the (laughs) in this opening thing but like you said it ends on such a sour note that it really is tough and so but let's talk a little bit about sort of at least the casting so Uh, with Anne, what did you think of her as Anne? Did you like her? Do you think she was a good actress? Um, I, th- I mean, I thought aesthetically she was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she, you know, she's, she looks a little bit underfed and mm-hmm. she looks, you know, she has red hair. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she, she looked like she was, you know, thin, but like 
capable. So mm-hmm. as far as aesthetics go, I was on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and she has a cute nose. And mm-hmm. I was like, good, cute nose. That's important because Anne loves her nose. It's a thing. <laughs> so oh, I was yeah, like, okay. Yeah. She likes her nose. She's good. She's aesthetically good. Um, and I think she did a, a, a pretty good job with the with the acting part. I didn't hate. I honestly didn't hate the casting except for Jerry. Yeah. But um. Um. So yeah. I mean, and maybe and maybe Miss Josephine. I didn't like her, but yeah. I think it was more her horrible wig than her. But I couldn't get past it. Yeah. Uh, I thought that she was a little too mannered at times. It felt like she was sometimes when it, when I was expecting to feel emotion that she seemed like she was just reciting dialogue, particularly in the imagination sequences. I just didn't feel that sense of like awe and wonder that, I don't know, felt like she was sort of repeating them in a, at a poetry reading, you know, kind of more than like this real sense of wonder. And part of that is the flaw of the filmmaker, but I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like she was fine, but not great. Yeah. You know, I see that. And then also um, I felt like a lot of the times when she was feeling hurt or angry Mm -hmm. that I couldn't quite connect with that because I didn't feel like it was really something that I, I couldn't really connect. I just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't like when she's, when she is angry at Rachel Lynn, it just didn't feel like an authentic, like rage, you know, and yeah. it's, it's hard to be too tough on child actors because it's a kid, like she tried, you know, what are you going to do? But like, uh, <laughs> but she did look the part and she did have nice moments and a lot was asked of her. So I, I definitely feel, <laughs> I feel sympathy for her. You know, she was asked to, to, to go through a lot and to, to do a lot. So, you know, yeah. And I don't, I don't hate on her. I think right. she was like, I don't, I don't blame her at all (laughs) for anything. Um, And I ultimately am fine with the, honestly, most of the actors. Um, I just wish they had, had a better vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Well, so yeah, then you had a woman named Geraldine James as, as Marilla and R.H. Thompson as Matthew. And I, I felt like, I felt like they made Marilla way too unlikable in this series. And she never really warms up the way that she should. And, and and I also felt like they made Matthew, like he wasn't, uh, I don't know. Like he was loving. He wasn't Matthew. He wasn't Matthew. Like he, he was, it was almost like like a nice old man. Yeah. It it wasn't like he, he was, it was almost like he was embarrassed to like, not it's one thing to be embarrassed when getting the dress. That's one thing. But I felt like he was almost embarrassed when he was even just talking to Anne a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, and, and in the books, Matthew is shy, but he's not like embarrassed. He's just always like, Oh, he doesn't really like talking to people. He doesn't like talking to Marilla. He does. He's just a very quiet, simple, kind man. Yeah. And I, for the first part of the episode, they did a pretty, I, I mean, honestly, for the first 50 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm on board. We got <laughs> yeah. this. And then. <laughs> so this is where we get to the problems. So instead of, they have the Rachel Lynn apology, because there's a lot in this series that is not in the book at all. But they Correct. do have a few things. They have the Rachel Lynn apology, and then they have uh, the 
the brooch situation. And this was just like bizarre to me because that's why I said the end of the episode left me on this sour note because Marilla, when she finds out that Anne, Anne had the brooch, she thinks that Anne is lying to her about the brooch uh, that, you know, cause Anne gives this sort of false confession and Marilla sends her away to the, to the asylum as punishment for taking the brooch. And Marilla would never do that. Like no sane she person would, would do that. Marilla would never do that. No I mean, way. Even as, once, basically, frankly, okay. Once Marilla sees that Anne's, you know, life was a little bit hard for where no one really wanted her. And she, um, you know, and she sees that she, no one cared to bother to make her pray or teach her important things. Basically from there, even though she still goes through all the rigmarole of pretending like she's going to give her to Mrs. Blewett, Blewett or send her back or whatever. Yeah. From that moment on, Marilla's not going to send this girl off someplace to not be taken care of. And no, I mean, just as a Christian woman, even if she had decided that she was going to, going to give, um, not keep Anne, even if she had decided that, there is no way that she would do something like that out of anger. Like, that's just not a Christian. This is a woman who has never been in the depths of despair. She has never, you know, like, it's just not within her character at all to, to do something like that just out of anger. Like, yeah, no, and, and Marilla wouldn't have, wouldn't have used that time to, to punish her for and send her away. Marilla would take that time and she does in the books to teach Anne what to do because she feels it's her duty to put her on the right path. She's not just going to send her off to the the wolves. Like not ever go to the party is one thing or like make her, you know, to have some other kind of punishment. There is no way that she do that. And then like, you're supposed to buy that she would do that. And then almost instantaneously, as soon as she has the brooch back, then, then she's like, go, go after her or whatever. And, and, uh, and then Matthew is riding off on his steed. To, oh, you know, you're just like, what, what yeah. is this? From, and, and from there on, I was just like, okay, maybe they'll catch her really fast and it'll just be like a thing. And they just tried to make it dramatic. Yeah. Cause sometimes they do in stupid adaptations, send Anne away and then they bring her back and it's fine. But like, and then it just got worse. Yeah. So yeah. So then we get to episode. Well, and and we should talk about in episode one. We we know in the book uh, that there that she has had some hardships, and uh, and it has been a little bit. You've read the book more recently than I have, and and uh, we were talking about you know some your sort of perspective on that, but they are very very uh brutal in their portrayal of yeah. the abuse that Anne has has uh felt and gone through and and I think that you could do that in a compelling way that I would be okay with but the way that it happens here it just feels so exploitive and yeah yeah definitely it feels more like okay in or instead of trying to give you guys a deeper understanding of Anne, the character, we're going to just sensation, not sensationalize, but yeah, show you this horrible thing so you can be shocked. <gasps> shock. Shock. Bad things happen. Like, it almost felt Dick Dickensian, like a Charles Dickens adaptation. But even the even a Charles Dickens adaptation, 
they have those brutal scenes of like if you watch Nicholas Nickleby or, or a movie like that, like Oliver Twist, they have those are brutal scenes with kids getting treated terribly that are in the books, but then they also always have like comic relief and and you you see sort of the humanity of the characters and you see them grow and you see them escape and there's a sense of victory and there's a sense of, you know, all of those things that you get. There's usually romance, there's you know, the stuff. And so it yeah. helps you to be able to kind of it makes those rough experiences part of, or Jane Eyre, they mentioned Jane Eyre a couple of times. Jane Eyre has a lot of really rough stuff that happens to her, but they, it also has a lot of like joyous experiences where you really yeah. get to know the character. And so it becomes a really rich experience because you've seen the highs and you've seen the low, lows. And this again, it's, and it's especially so because it's, it's a child, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a, oh. And the thing about this, too, is I didn't believe the lows. I, I, they didn't feel earned to me. They just felt pasted just on for this. For, yeah. And then I didn't believe any of the stuff that they were trying to make be the highs, the romance, the, the you know, because none of it, none of it felt real. Well, in any, felt, any... Any high moment is immediately almost dampened by, it's like they wouldn't even, like for instance, we're, this is jumping ahead, but when he gets the puff sleeve dress, this should be a joyous moment of connection between these two people. And a kind of a funny scene where he's embarrassed to get the dress. Like, but it has to be from the, the, the woman who he once loved and he wasn't able to marry. And so it's this, all of a sudden there's this sad, morose feeling about buying the dress. Yeah. And then later on, you see that Anne has to return the dress because he's put out a mortgage on the house. You know, it's just like, so there's no joy in that, you know, and it's just yeah. like, everything was that way. There was definitely no joy in her breaking the slate over Gilbert's head. There was no joy in like the, in the, in the picnic, the town picnic, because everybody is treating her like some kind of, some kind of horrible person, you know, everyone yeah. is talking about her and everyone is, is being awful, you know, and it's just like, oh my god. Okay. And like, in what universe is Josie Pye not the worst person. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, so you decided to leave Josie Pie here where Josie Pie is, which is just a little catty and whatever, yeah. and then bring the rest of Avonlea down lower? Like, why? Okay. I know, like, in this story, like, Anne was abused her whole life and whatever and cast aside and unloved and pummeled and exposed to horrible things, okay? But even at that, if I were Anne, I wouldn't go back to Avonlea. All those people are horrible in well, this she, version. Yeah, well, and it's like she kind of tries to sort of make that case to Matthew, you know, when she's like, she's refusing to go back with him in in episode two. Uh, and But it just comes off as so false. And so it just... Yeah, there's no there's no reason for them to... I just, I don't, I don't, I just couldn't feel anything yeah. for it. I did, it didn't make me feel anything other than, what the heck? Yeah. This is ridiculous. And at the end of the second episode, they try to kind of make this weird initiation scene where she, where it's really drawn out, where she not only changes her name to Anne Shirley Cuthbert, which I hate. 
it, it, that's not in the book, right? Correct? No. Oh, I garbage. never heard that for before in any sake, version. Marilla won't even let Anne call her her aunt. Right. She's, she's like, no, I'm not your aunt. I don't believe in calling things. The Plus, things I don't think not. they hyphenated names back then. No, it's it's. Uh... <laughs> I don't think it was Shirley Cuthbert. I've never heard of that in my life. And and it was this very like borderline cultish feel. Like it was so weird. I thought with this like where she was literally drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, I and mean, she was drinking the cordial. cordial. And you're like, and <laughs> again, which dampened the 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 funniness of the 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 that the drinking the drunk Diana segment. That wasn't fun. No, <laughs> it wasn't at all. And, and so anyway, and yeah, so it was so weird. She's got to like sign her name in the Bible and, uh, and that's supposed to be like this great thing. And it feels disingenuous that they would, that after all of this, that they would have her do something like that, that she would, that they were ready for that, that she was ready for it, that that would all happen then. It just doesn't make it- sense. And uh, even within its own universe, I mean, I'm trying really hard to not be like, and it's just trash and garbage. <laughs> Even within its own universe, yeah. I don't understand so many of the choices that they make. Me and too. I think it's because they established the characters to be the characters from the books. And then they had them responding to things that they forced them to respond to that they don't respond to in the books because they just made them up. Yeah. In ways that I don't feel like the characters that they established would respond to those events. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, so in episode three, we get more of that. So Marilla gets invited to this weird suffragette mother's thing. And, and that, that felt so like they were just doing it so that then those same women could reject her. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's the only, it wasn't, there wasn't any other reason. And uh, it's like, there's no, why would Marilla do something like that? Like she would never join a group like that. That's just not her personality. That's not her character. She wouldn't want to join a group like that. And furthermore, what universe is it a good idea to make the progressive women, the women who are trying to, you know, want education and whatever, end up being the horrible snob people (laughs) who are close-minded and jerks. Like, how is yeah. that a good look for if you're trying to paint the women of that yeah. era as progressive and nice? Yeah, like, I just don't true. even understand that true. as a character choice for your, for your, uh, whatever you're, what, what, is, what are they trying to accomplish with this? I, I mean, they're trying to make a political statement, obviously, but like, I'm confused by what <laughs> their message is. I am too. I am too. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. But, yeah, and then they have like her going to school and it's a total total disaster. She she's she has not only is she completely inappropriate uh, and like they really dial up the pervy teacher thing. Like we 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 saw that in their in the 1985 Ada Gables. I talked about uh, the the pervy teacher. But yeah. this is like way worse and they do it only for like I was afraid for Anne that she was gonna get like assaulted or something like that like it was so ridiculous and the thing about that is you can't have it both ways where Anne is this worldly girl who knows all of these things oh but really she doesn't know anything she's just completely like naive no you can't have it both ways if she had been exposed to that stuff 
she'd know what that stuff means. And she yeah. wouldn't talk about it like that. So I just, like, that moment for me also felt, it didn't feel like it was plausible mm-hmm. or real. Because, I mean... Yeah, well, had- and also, like, if she had been in the orphanage, they show this scene of her, of these girls dangling this mice above her head. And yeah. they show it multiple times. And, and it basically kind of torturing her, for lack of a better word. And if she had had something like that happen, there is no freaking way that she's going to be all gossiping and, and talking with all the girls and chumming it up and whatever. Like, that's that's not going to happen. And No. But, <laughs> but not only she says that, she's like saying, oh, I bet that Prissy and, and the teacher are gonna are making a baby together and blah, blah, blah. And there's just no way that she would do something like that. No, that's not, I mean, but like, I mean, that's not who Anne is as a person. Anne's not like that. But if they made the Anne character like that, her knowing what she knows and the experiences that they are alleging that she had wouldn't have provided her more insight into the situation, which would have then prevented her from talking about it in the way that she ends up talking about it. Like within their own strange little universe that they've drafted of Anne of Green Gables, I don't even think it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense with her character and in, in showing these flashbacks, you know, that she would be way more, like, I don't know, would be way more traumatized. And so it really didn't make sense, and it was super creepy, and I didn't like it. And uh, And you do – I can't remember if it was in three uh, or four um, – that she, I think it's in three that she cracks the slate, but in this case, instead of cracking it over his head, she rams it into his head and they never make, uh, they never make Gilbert teasing her or Gilbert. Uh, they make Gilbert kind of a patron saint in here, which was confusing. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I was confused about what they were trying to do. Like, and this is the craziest thing. Cause you're saying, remember when, okay, I'm just going to jump ahead. Yeah. So you were saying like, Anne is so tough and so strong. She doesn't need anyone to help her. She, she's better than boy. She's better than Jerry, but apparently she's not better than Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. So once again, what is the message they're trying to say? Because <laughs> there's Billy Andrews who uh, would never act that way because he ends up proposing to Anne in the book. Blah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Billy Andrews, um, like, I don't know what Billy Andrews was going to do to Anne in the woods, but it was not going to be nice. And then Gilbert's like, oh, I'm the patron saint of Anne. Let me just save Anne because I'm Gilbert, aunt, savior yeah. of the world. And, like, so so she does need someone to save her or she Yeah, and, and, like, later on when Gilbert's dad dies, like, she's all she's all like, well, you really could have it worse. She could be like me. And I'm like, that is so not the character you have developed. Like, who says that? Nobody says that. No. Nobody does that. She's just like, what? Uh, and like, it was so, fr- it was just so frustrating so many times. And so like, like, let's talk a little bit about how they try to inject feminism in every inch of this movie. I like feminism. I, I think feminism can be very good, but the problem is, is that in this case, it, it just felt so preachy and so like, it felt like you were wedging this modern voice into this, into these settings well, and characters. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about the biggest thing that I have a problem with, which I knew I would have a problem with from the minute that it started. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. from from the minute I saw the trailer, because this was uh-huh. in the trailer. 
Yeah. When Anne says, um, a girl can do anything a boy can do and more. Like I have huge issue with this, that, and that sentence entirely because like a girl can do anything a boy can do point and blank the period. Mm. She's not better than a boy. She's just a girl, which well, is and, fine. And, I, I and guess it's the same as a boy. Yeah, I rationalize that because she's trying to convince Marilla. I, you know, I'm, so when I, I saw the ad, I thought, oh, well, she's trying to make a case for herself. So it makes sense. But the problem is here is that at every turn that is said and that is done, and, and like, it got so bad that towards the end of the, the end of things, they, she's, she's, she is responsible for going to sell all of their earthly possessions in the neighboring city. Like, and, and mm-hmm. Anne says, oh, I can go and do it myself. I can do it myself. And Merle says, no, you need uh, Jerry to go with you to protect you. So what did they do when they get to the city? Jerry is beaten to a bloody pulp, of course, because he's the protector. He was foolish enough <laughs> to do it. And then Anne is fine. You know, and I felt like that was just, like, so emblematic of how, like, heavy-handed this is, you know, that, like, how foolish of them to think that a young girl going to the city with all their earthly possessions might want some companionship, you know, that he has to get beaten. Like, is that... <laughs> it's, I, it was so stupid. There were so many <laughs> things that I hated. And like, so it, as, it, just from a historical standpoint, because yeah. like I said, for me, the things that I hate are stuff that I feel are anachronisms or historically inaccurate. And like, no way would Miss Josephine let Jerry sleep in a spare room because he's a servant and he's French. And I'm not saying, oh, servants shouldn't get to sleep in beds and servants shouldn't whatever. And French people are the terriblest. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying at that point in time, that would not have been okay. And then the time, w- and then he goes and sleeps in the bed with Anne. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that, that would is never happened. Never. <laughs> yeah, and and also like they uh, they have Miss Josephine uh, being gay, and and that's uh, fine if people want to be gay. That's great, but there's no way in that day and age that a person would just like. Yep, just talk about it freely, like as if they're just like talking about, you know, their dog or their cat or, yep, I had, you know, my, my partner Gertrude, we lived a great life together. Like, you just wouldn't, there's no way that you would just talk about it with somebody you just met. No. You wouldn't do that. Like maybe with somebody, a close friend that you like had, you know, or a close family member, maybe, I guess you would. But even then, maybe not, you know, depending on, uh, it just wasn't done in that day and age. It wasn't done in that day and age, but I mean, I could see, I mean, if they if they were going to put that in, Miss Josephine Berry, fine. Um, it was just emblematic of the kind of modern preaching that was sort of wedged in to the, into the series that, that uh, all throughout, you know. It was, I mean, I don't, I hated it, but that was because I felt like it was just so strange, out of the blue, like, And it didn't feel like, oh, they had really thought this through and developed this as something that would have been a character-driven thing. It it wasn't a character-driven choice. It wasn't a whatever-given choice. It was an agenda-driven choice just painted onto her character. Which, I mean, if you're going to have a a homosexual character or, or another, you know, character in the books, 
that's okay. I guess if you want to put that in there. Um, I mean, it's not in her books because like they didn't talk about that back then. Right. But it wouldn't have, it would have been more subtle. I mean, Diana wouldn't have known or had any idea and she wouldn't have talked about it because her parents would have talked about it in hushed tones if they knew. And they probably wouldn't even associate with her if they knew. And I'm not saying that's right. And I'm not saying that's good, but that's what the fact of the matter is at that time. And if the whole point of this was to expose the, the horrible underbelly of that time, you can't just pick and choose what horrible underbelly of that time you're going to use. It just ends up coming off as really disingenuous and really preachy. And I don't like it. it, It's just so heavy handed. Like everybody in the town, absolutely. Like everyone hates her, everyone. And to the point where in the, um, in the fourth episode, the, the only reason she's able to get a few people to like her is because she is responsible for like running into a burning building and stopping, <laughs> stopping this fire. You know, you're just like, way, way to go subtlety there. You know, like really? I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's the whole thing was ridiculous. And I feel like we could have just wrapped this pad crust up and said, everything was terrible. And I don't know why they made any of the choices that they made because they didn't make sense in context with Anna Green Gables, the books or any of the other adaptations. And they didn't even make sense within the context of what they decided to create as Anna Green Gables. Well, I I have to talk about one more thing that just, I couldn't believe. I I was just shocked even after all of this. So Matthew decides to get a mortgage on the house and then he spends all of the money on crops or whatever. And I guess it's impossible to send that back or whatever. I don't know. And so they're going to have to sell all their earthly possessions in order to try to pay the the mortgage and the bank people are horrible, of course. And, and so Matthew, Matthew of all people decides that he is going, cause he's had a heart attack or whatever. And mm-hmm. he decides that everybody would be better off if they, if they had his life insurance and he actually gets a gun and tries and is, is like seconds away from killing himself. You're Which, like, okay. First of all, first of all, even within the context of that story, I'm not able to dispel my belief that any life insurance policyholder would get their payoff if the person committed suicide. Right. It's literally. You cannot be paid if the person kills themselves. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it happens. Okay. It, we'll talk about it in a second. But so, so first of all, I mean, just like even that, like, it doesn't even make sense as a justification for him saying that he's going to kill himself. They just put it in there because they felt like it. But it also, I feel like cheapens people who have you know, mental health and depression and deal with suicide. It doesn't deal with suicide in a healthy way. It doesn't treat it in a way that's believable. People don't, people don't do that. They didn't even show him getting to a point of desperation where that would be something that he would do. Right. Um, He wasn't feeling anyway. So I just, (laughs) Matthew would never do that ever. Even the Matthew in this, yeah, and they well, and no. I mean, maybe the Matthew in this that they did, they could have gotten him to a point where I yeah. could believe that he would try that, but they didn't do it. They they cheapened the whole thing to a point where it was 
it was a plot device. It wasn't a, a choice. It wasn't a, it, it was, I, I hated it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was, I mean, I just thought, how can this thing become even worse? And then, then I'm like, Matthew, there's, oh, it made me so mad. And, and so, yeah, this was a total miss. I, I gave it a D in my review just because it is well shot. And I do think the casting was pretty good. So I didn't give it an F, but it, it felt like, <laughs> It felt like an F. I mean, this, and we, you know, we had, we had watched the, uh, the one from last year, which has lots of problems, but it's billion times better than this. Yeah. And the thing about, okay. So the thing that I think drives me the craziest about the, the people who are talking about this and the people who worked on this project, I feel like the people who like this movie are people who have, only ever watched the 1980s Anne of Green Gables and just feel like that is the original and what it is, which I mean, they're great. I mean, you love them. I enjoy them, but um, they're, they're not the end all be all of Anne. Um, And then I feel like the directors, the people who've worked on this, who wrote with this, I don't feel like they, took the time to get to know Anne past the first book. I feel like none of the people who worked on it, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like they had any insight into Anne or Anne's world beyond what they read in the first book and decided they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, I'm just, I'm currently, because I just decided to reread them all to make myself feel better. Um, I'm currently in, (laughs) I'm currently in Anne's house of dreams. Oh, you're fast. Well, um, (laughs) and, um, so, well, once you know it all, it's basically just like, Oh, let me glance at this page and remember all the words. Um, so, um, I'm in Anne's house of dreams and, um, I just, you know, we just met Leslie Moore. And if they were going to do a bleak, dark adaptation of Anne of Green Gables or something in the Anne of Green Gables world, they should have just done the story of Leslie Moore because her life is basically all the horrible stuff they want to have happen to Anne, except for it's done in a realistic way. It's not cheap and it would have been true to the books, but the way that they are trying to do all of this in for stuff. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up for me, even no. within their own universe. I mean, I, I had to think like, who were they making this for? You know, like it's obviously not made for people nostalgic of the series or books. It's not made for, I mean, I guess maybe you think it is made for people nostalgic of the series, but I don't think so. It's definitely not made for kids. That's for sure. I called my sister and I said, don't, don't show it to your girls. I wouldn't. Absolutely yeah. not. And, uh, and, um, I don't know, just like, who, who, who was this for? Like, what were they trying to do? I have no idea. It was just like, it was just so, like, 
you can have horrible things happen, like a Dickens book, like lots of horrible things happen in Dickens books, like Oliver Twist. He's, I mean, he's starving the kid, you know, like a horrible things happen to him, but the, you never lose that sense of hope and you never lose that sense of, uh, that, you know, he'll meet a, a good person just in the nick of time that'll, that'll push him forward. And then another good person that will come and whatever it might be. Great expectations is the same way. There's all these different things. And so like, if you, you, you need that, then there just wasn't, there wasn't enough hope. There wasn't enough, like, Ah, it was just, it was really disappointing, really dreadful. And I just don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. I mean, if they had, if they had written this show and called it orphan girl from the city moves to a small town or whatever they wanted to call it. Right. And they changed all the character names. So it was like Gertrude and the, of purple, Brick Mansion. I would, I wouldn't like it. No, because like I said, even with Jane Eyre, which the whole like first third of Jane Eyre is pretty bleak, horrible, you know, but she still has Helen. She still has her teacher. She still has a few things of like hope and encouragement and enough to kind of get you through it. And then, and so I, I, I just... I just don't, I, I don't know. This was, this was a huge, huge miss and a huge disappointment. I feel like it was really a chance to make something special and uh, they, they really failed. They failed. And, and I, uh, yeah, it was the worst. And it's a shame because it's all like uh, women writers, mostly women directors, you know, like you just, it, Every part of it should be something that I love, but man, they just, they just messed it. And so I, I, I think, I mean, if we're doing one, uh, one out of, t- uh, one to 10 or zero to 10, I give it a one. And yeah. I mean, I, uh, I wrote, I made that chart. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I don't know what that average is out to. So it was like a four in the first episode. And then by the end it was a negative 10. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to know. I'm not going to watch it. If it gets moved, if it gets renewed to a second season, I'm not going to watch a second of it. No way. No way. No. Well, I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I this was going to be such a fun, pleasant experience. I know. We were so excited. I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. It was the worst. <laughs> I was, I, so I, uh, for the later episodes, my mom watched them with me and uh-huh. I, we were just, you know, my mom, who got me reading the books, we both just were so, we were angry yeah. when we were done watching I was watching angry, it. too. I really was. I mean, it, I mean, I, if we had tried to podcast about this on <laughs> Saturday or I would have been swearing, like, I yeah. swore up a storm about it. I was angry. And... It was because I was, I felt affronted by it. It was yeah. so, it was like, they took something that, it, they took something very precious to me, the right. end books. And I'm not just me, I'm sure there's hundreds yeah, of me as well. millions of people who care deeply about Anne because she represents a whole bunch to everybody, you know, mm-hmm. she represents people's childhoods, people's family relationships and you know she stands for something and they took her and they made her into 
something she completely wasn't and tried to make her stand for things that she wasn't without and took away the heart yeah. of everything that Anne is. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who likes it and you know, it's fine. Really like interesting. Um, and she said that she thought like Anne would probably like the new Gothic feel of it. And I just don't think so. No, I mean, even when Anne was writing all of her melodramatic books where everyone died or got sick or had the croup and it, they were tragedies, they were tragedies born of like death and, you know, whatever. They were tragedies born of romanticism. Yeah. They weren't tragedies born out of. Which is hope in its core essence, really, when you think of romance is actually kind of hopeful. Yeah. So I, I disagree with my friend. I don't think Anne would approve. I don't think Lucy would approve. I don't think anything. And I think that she is in the uh, vast minority Uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, what I've seen uh, in different articles. There are a few articles that have praised it, but for the most part, uh, they're saying, you know, I feel like the general response is pretty, is rejecting it, which I'm glad to see. And the funny thing to me is about the episodes, the, the, the articles you sent to me, people who are enjoying it, there are people who enjoyed it through the first episode. Yeah. And I haven't seen anybody who has said, oh, I watched the whole thing. I love it. Right. Yeah, I don't know how you defend that Matthew thing. I mean, that was just horrible. That... Uh... Anyway, all right. Well, I'm sorry I put you through this horrible experience. It's okay. You know what I'm looking forward to? Podcasting about the Dirty Dancing remake. Yeah, there we go. Because no matter what, I guarantee you, it won't be as bleak as this. No. They've got, like, abortion, and they've got all those things. But it's not going to be as bleak as this. No, it won't. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah, that'll be fun. We will, we will figure out a time to talk about that and, and, uh, hopefully we'll be healed, uh, by then. <laughs> There's, there, don't put baby in a corner and don't make me watch yeah. this Anne of Green Gables monstrosity again. I, I won't. I promise. So, all right. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. And we will find a, a better series to talk about one of these days. And uh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about dirty dancing. (laughs) So, uh, so where can people find you? Um, I'm just at Amber brainwaves on Twitter and that's it. That's it. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to, are we going to review the, uh, whatever one with Martin Sheen? We can, if you want, if you're still up for it. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that one because that one, my friend, zero bleakness. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll figure it out. Probably maybe after you finish the play, but we'll okay. I'll announce it and um and we will we'll do that. And I am going to be reviewing the latest episode of Doctor Who on probably on Tuesday. So look forward to that. But it should be a lighter podcast week for me on Saturday. My friend uh, is going to be joining me. And we are going to be talking all about Field of Dreams. Talk about the polar opposite of this. Yes. <laughs> so that'll be fun. <laughs> so I look forward to that. And um, yeah, so, oh, well, win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, and man, did we lose some. <laughs> yeah, we <did. laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs>